Director Jordan Peele surprised everybody at the Video Game Awards with Hideo Kojima. Oppenheimer is not going to be nominated for visual effects at the Academy Awards. And also, we got reactions to Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, and they are very mixed. Let's get into the movie news this week on Raiders of the Lost Podcast. There's so much to talk about. There's also a couple of trailer releases that we'll get to, as well as some posters and film announcements. And there's a film that lost distribution, starring Austin Butler, that just got picked up. But let's get into the box office to start things off. And now, we have a history-making moment here. Miyazaki's The Boy and the Heron topped the box office this week with $10.6 million in the domestic market in North America. A huge success for the film. It's playing in IMAX theaters. James just saw the film. How'd you like it? I really enjoyed it. I saw the English language dubbed at IMAX. It's the first Studio Ghibli film to be released in IMAX, and it was an awesome experience. I really loved the film. It's an epic. It's, it's hilarious. It's a great story about family, about life, about reality, and freaking excellence. I'm going to see it this week. It's Hayao Miyazaki. You got to check it out. I'm definitely going to see it this week. It's on pace to become his most successful film in America. Right now, Ponyo is his most successful North American release, and that's at $19 for its total run. So it looks like The Boy and the Heron is going to clean that easily, probably hit about $40 in here. Yeah. Next up, we have The Hunger Games. The Ballad of Songbirds Still going. Still going. $9.4 million for its fourth weekend or third weekend. It's at fourth, yeah. $135 million at the domestic box office, which is $30 million more than its budget. Internationally, this has become a successful film. So Doing about the same. Kudos yeah. to Legendary with this film. $100 million. You don't need a $300 million budget to make a massive blockbuster film. And this is... Just putting the blueprint together. Just that, this is how you do it. It looks like it could hit three hundred fifty million total easily, and then it could if it still has these legs. Because nine point four this late in the game and in this a month of release, it's still chugging along. It could hit four hundred million, so it could be a massive success for for the studio. So kudos to them. And looks like they are gonna greenlight a sequel immediately. Oh, absolutely. Next up, is there another book? She's probably going to write something. Oh, yeah, never mind. So they can't greenlight a sequel yet. <laughs> they, they, you know they want to. They're going to. Suzanne, what you got in the works it right ended, now? It ended open, had an open ending. Yeah. Especially with the two she's main characters. She's probably making another trilogy. Yeah, she's she's probably got it written, and they're, like, saving it. You know what's cooler than a billion dollars? Two billion dollars. <laughs> Suzanne Collins is like, I want another bill. <laughs> Speaking of history-making moment, another Japanese film has reached the top of the box office in, the, in third place, Godzilla Minus One. Came out on top with $7 million in its second weekend. Now, this is running at $23 million domestic total in North America. It did exceptionally well in the Asian market. And it is chugging along. Lots of things chugging. It's storming the box office thanks to incredible word of mouth. Great reactions from fans and critics alike. We saw it and loved it. We actually have an episode on Godzilla Minus One coming out this Wednesday. So stay tuned for our full breakdown and reaction of the film. We absolutely adored it. It's already tripled its budget globally. It's at $50 million at the box office. Wow. Around a $10 to $15 million budget. It was made so cheaply and effectively and efficiently. I can't believe it's under $50 million for a budget. It's it looks insane. so damn good. If you haven't seen it yet, you're going to love it. We're doing an episode on Wednesday, like Anthony said. Next up, Beyonce's Renaissance film. Had another $5 million at the box office, so another successful concert-to-theater release. It did have a 76% drop-off from its opening weekend, so it's not quite the Taylor Swift numbers. The Swifties come out, man. Because Renaissance made 26 last weekend and then 5 this weekend, so 
It still did very well, but I think it was they weren't expecting this big of a drop-off. I guess not. There's a lot of competition, though. Napoleon came in fifth place for 4.5 million. It's closing in on 60 million domestically for its run. And then Saltburn came out on its third weekend of wide release with 2.9 million this weekend, and it's running into 8 million in its total run. Poor things had a limited run at the box office this weekend, opening in seven markets, but we do not have the numbers quite yet. We couldn't find them, but we're guessing it's going to come in at... Probably four to 500,000 on seven theaters. We'll see. We're seeing it tomorrow. Yep. And we're fortunate to be in an area in Los Angeles where the AMC Burbank is playing it. So we're going to see oh, yeah. it there. And I checked tickets when we were getting them. and They're all pretty filled up. So I think it's going to have a successful box office run. Pretty excited to check it out. It looks like it might be in line with the Saltburn's numbers. Yeah, one of our most anticipated films of the winter. Now let's get into some news. And we're going to cover two things that we didn't get to last week because we had to film last week on Friday because we were so busy. Busy with our secret project that we missed two huge trailer drops that came out on Saturday morning. So obviously we got to talk about the boys trailer season four. Very exciting stuff here. We got Homelander brooding covered in blood again. Oh, we yeah. have Billy Butcher's in here. We got everybody as well as a couple new faces, a couple new sequences. And it looks like Homelander's just kind of taking over his side, his piece of the pie at Vought as well as getting public opinion or even seeing this divisive war bet between the Americans and, and people in general. It had a great tease because it didn't give anything away. We got the violence we wanted. We watched, We got a little bit of gore and then we got a lot of Homelander which is what people want. And I like how we didn't really get much of a story but it just teased all the elements. All of your favorite characters are back and I'm very excited. And also the guy who plays M.M. he leaned out. He looks like he's a looking person. cut. He's looking yeah. good. Like, I was this. like is that M.M.? We, we, were, we had the IMDb it. We're like is this the same guy? He looks a lot different. He he tr he leaned the hell up. He looks really good. I, I liked his Stop drinking so much milk. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his bulky look. Obviously he's a big guy yeah. but he looks like he just cut like 30 pounds. He just looks, looks like he cut 70. He looks yeah. terrific. Yeah. yeah. His, his jawline just like I was like who is this guy? He, it's M.M. Yeah his face thinned out and it, it, he, he did look like a different person we were like wait is this mm but yeah he looks great yeah good so for him good for you looking cut bro looking and, cut send and, the deets for and that then diet clearly one of the main conflicts in the trailer is that billy is going to die very soon because of his use of compound v so often so that's going to be a major playing point in the story going forward plus again pitting the citizens against each other i'm really curious to see what that's going to be like for the dynamic of the arcs of all the characters and homelander's power going forward Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Next up, we also didn't get to talk about the House of the Dragon trailer. Oh, it yeah. is epic. The final shot of the dragon flying overhead for like 17 seconds. I was like, holy Max shit. was just like, dragons, just throw dragons out there. <laughs> it looks epic. We loved season one. It was our favorite, one of our favorite shows last year. And yeah. it, the production's astounding and Max knows what the hell they're doing, and this is such a loved IP, and I can't wait for this season. Yeah, they knocked it out of the park with the first one, and this trailer looks really fantastic and dynamic. They saved some of our favorite elements, didn't even tease some of them. Like, Damon's barely in this trailer, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing this show. It comes out summer 2025, so stay tuned for that. It's only going to be a short wait away. I mean, I'm really excited. Luckily, this production was made in the U.K., so they never had to shut down because of the strikes because it's a UK production. And so they were able to keep going along while Hollywood had to shut down. So that's why it's already coming out so quickly. Posters are fantastic. The trailer's fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing how, you know, Aegon's the king now, his mother, and then their rival, Rhaenyra, going at it. We're going to see everyone divided, and we're going to see the beginnings of the clashing of the Great War impending. And Alicent's. Elson, yeah. Well, yeah, his mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted to make sure I said the name right. Because I listen. Always... <laughs> James, eight episodes of reviews. Elicit. <laughs> it's Allison. No, Elicit. There's no proof of that at all, Anthony. There's no... There's no there's, video evidence. nothing. No you video evidence. You can't prove that at all. Nobody can. Someone's going to go deep dive those episodes. Let's move on to some news that's new for the show. Dune Messiah, which is the second book in the series, but will be hopefully, according to Denis Villeneuve, the third film of his Dune trilogy. Denis is in South Korea right now. He's been talking about the release of Dune Part 2, obviously, which is coming out in March. And he teased that Dune Messiah is being written, and it's his dream to make this third film of his tra- trilogy to finish up with one more movie on the planet of Arrakis that he loves so much. So, so without spoiling, because you've read it, is Dune Messiah the end of Paul's story? Well, I mean, would that be considered a spoiler? I don't know. Well, because I don't want to spoil what could what people could think could happen for part two. Okay, so here's okay. Let me let me rephrase it. Would making Dune Messiah flesh out like a great story for Paul? I will say that without spoiling a bit. Of, I mean, it wouldn't even be really a spoiler, but it's just it wraps up several characters okay. from Dune. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that's the best way to put it without putting any spoilers in there. So cool. a lot of characters get... Uh, it is an end in a way. Yeah, for some characters. Gotcha. Okay. As well as a little bit of... A, oh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's... <laughs> that's it, all we need. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, all it's, I It's that's directly all I rated yeah. to the, It's directly So then he's not going to be like, oh, let's make another and another. It'll because then be- if he does Children of Dune and Dune, yeah. God Emperor, that's just like way different. So d- d- the knee could like end with Dune Messiah and it would be a great trilogy yes. for the story. He absolutely okay. could. Absolutely cool. could. Good to know. I would like to see it then. Me too. Hopefully it gets to make it. All right, let's move on to some more stuff. Something very shocking happened. So the shortlist for the visual effects Oscar was put out. So 20 films are up in the running for the category. This isn't nominations, but these are just shortlisted films. So do you know how the shortlists get made? Is it from Academy Voting? Academy Voting. Okay. So Academy Voting... What the fuck? ...has 20 films that could be contenders for the nominations... And so these are going to be the 20 films that we cut down to five films for the Oscars. Oppenheimer was not even included in the shortlist, which I think is absurd because it is one of the most visually stunning films I've ever seen. The visual effects are remarkable. Uh, They portrayed 
realms of science that you can't even fathom. And it was beautiful to behold. Now, I think this is an example of many people not understanding that visual effects doesn't necessarily mean it has to be CGI. Visual effects have been around since the beginning days of short films and, and silent films. Uh, visual effects does not mean CGI. So I think that people were thrown off the, by the fact that there is no CGI in the film. That means they thought there was no visual effects in the film, which is quite the opposite. There's so many visual effects shots in the film. It was just done practically um, without computer-generated imagery. Also, you know, maybe the Academy's worried about Oppenheimer winning every single goddamn award. I don't think that's a maybe. problem. I mean, everybody loves, you know, Return of the King did that, and it's celebrated for that. Yeah. You I don't think I mean, that's the issue. I think everything the, all at once won seven. I think the issue is that when people think of when <clears throat> most people think of visual effects, they think it's just CGI, but it's not. It's pretty shocking because yeah. it's one of the most visually stunning films I've seen in years, yeah. let alone this year. And to not be nominated for an Oscar for best visual effects is really just kind of slap in the face to the people that put so much work into creating those visuals because yeah. it's not CGI. You know what went into that? I can only imagine. It, they had a whole visual effects team and department. So, Well, every movie does. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was like a whole fucking team. It's like it's visual effects is there. It's in it. So special effects is going to be like in camera on with the actors in the scene. Visual effects is done off, most of the time after the fact. It's added to the, it's added to the imagery. And it's done... Often, it's done in production, also in post-production visual effects. But the thing is that they didn't use CGI for this one. So that's the it's difference. Pretty wild. Pretty it's wild. Still visual effects. Moving on to some video game awards stuff. We had a bunch of movie-related people there. McConaughey was there. Matthew McConaughey's in his first ever video game. Timothy Chalamet was there to present an award. He came out and was introduced from his YouTuber name, as which is uh, Modded Controller 360. <laughs> Because <laughs> he used to mod Xbox 360 controllers. <laughs> so they introduced him as that, which is hysterical. That's amazing. And then we got a really cool surprise. So Hideo Kojima was there, who's promoting his new game, OD. But he came out on stage with Jordan Peele. So they announced the new horror game, OD, which they call a new form of media. It will fully immerse players in complex storylines by well-known creatives, featuring performances from Hunter Schaefer, Sophia Lillis, and Udo Kier. The team wasn't messing around with their push to bring in top-tier talents as the leading stars of the upcoming project, which has been dubbed OD. Along with the exciting, exciting announcements, a trailer was dropped giving Terror a new outlet. I'm, this is according to Collider. So in the teaser, one by one, each of the main characters stares into the camera and delivers the line, The hungry purple dinosaur ate the kind singing fox, the jabbering crab, and the mad whale and started fending and quacking. Like something straight out of Black Mirror, the trailer puts viewers on edge even after each of the treasured actors delivers their lines. There's a sort of mania when each star speaks, but it's final moments when Lilith goes full scream queen that particularly sends shivers down our spines. What it all means is up for debate, but with Peel's hand involved in the storyline, we're guessing that the immersive experience will drop players into a world of horror. As per OD's logline, the media explores the concept of testing your fear threshold and what it means to OD on fear while blurring the boundaries of gaming and film this it is looks exciting fantastic. stuff yeah it looks awesome and i'm so curious you know the next 10 years are going to be sort of an evolution of media with new technology involved not just with gaming with tv with movies vr headsets augmented reality i'm so curious what all these developers are going to be doing with this new tech i think it 
looks fascinating to have Peel involved. I'm really curious to see the blending of gaming and film because we've seen it in other games and recent releases. Um, it just looks awesome, and I'm very excited to see this. And it's it looked like a surprise for fans, and the fact that video game designers are trying every day to push the boundaries of the medium. It's very interesting stuff. It's gonna be wild and immerse. It's gonna feel like Black Mirror, like that game episode, that, that horror game one. You're gonna play it? I'll check it you out. You talk about playing the alien game and that one. Uh, looks man, too it's, scary. It's, man. I was watching the game with them. I can't. I can't handle this alien isolation. <laughs> it looks it's too terrifying. much, man. I don't want to go to bed with a heart attack every night. <laughs> <laughs> don't need that in my life. I know, right? <laughs> Do you want to push your fear threshold? I'm curious. I'm curious. Let's move on to some more news. So. If you loved Alex Garland's Men, get ready for his latest film with A24, <laughs> Civil War. It got its first poster, and it features snipers inside the torch of the Statue of Liberty. The United States is on the brink of civil war in a near-future setting. Garland described the film as a companion piece to Men. and it's So every time you have to say the title, you have to say Men. Men. <laughs> and stated it is set at an inter- indeterminate point in the future. Just far enough ahead for me to add a conceit and serves as a sci-fi allegory for our currently polarized predicament comes out in spring 2024. I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about this because I don't know. It's <laughs> after men, It's always I don't funny know. how people talk about how divided the country is right now, and then they just make stuff that makes it more divided. Like yeah. this is just gonna make it worse. Yeah, you, you, a civil war. Let fire? me guess: Republicans versus Democrats. We're gonna go to war. Like yeah. this is crazy. Shit. I think it's a little absurdist, honestly. And I, I want to wait till I see the trailer before I lay judgment down. Mm-hmm. I don't love the poster. I, I'm I'm curious as hell, but man, I don't know. And I I just think with the I was excited for men, but then seeing it really lacked substance and really anything true, anything interesting to say. In any sense of subtlety whatsoever and nuance. Men. So then I'm like watching <laughs> with this idea. I'm like, it's probably going to be just as extreme as men was. So I'm not sure how I feel about this film. And then also the poster. It's an interesting um, look, an interesting icon having snipers on the top of the Statue of Liberty. But I mean, practically, who? How, what shot can you make from up there? How far away are you from, like, land? Unless there's boats. Maybe they're trying to snipe people off boats. Well, I mean, snipers can shoot pretty far. Yeah, but you're up really high. You're not going to snipe from way up there. The wind's insane. I'm not a sniper. I don't know. The wind's insane up there. I'm not not a sniper. I'm not going to act like I know what I'm talking about with a bird's nest, bro. I don't know. I think this seems too high of a bird's nest. Yeah, but also, if there's a civil war today... There would just be... Whoever's in control of the military would just decimate. Yeah, there's really drone strikes. Like... This isn't 1800 where, you know... Everyone's got a rifle civilians, and a cannon. Civilians can actually put up a fight against the government. Like, this is a point where it's like... I mean, whatever side of the government's on is no competition whatsoever. We'll wait know. till we see a trailer. We'll I'm, I'm just wondering what the point of making this movie is. Just to stir the pot. I'll, I'll give Alex Garland credit for always trying new things. You know, I think he's a really great writer. I really love 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I love and adore Ex Machina. For sure. Annihilation's excellence. But men I did not like, and I'm curious. I'm curious about this. Curious. Let's move on to some more news. A real quick one. Killers of the Flower Moon is now on Apple TV. If you have the streamer, you can watch Killers of the Flower Moon, the epic from Martin Scorsese, the master of the medium of film. Highly recommend. And then I can't wait for Napoleon to drop so I can watch the five-hour cut of it. I'm really curious about (laughs) that. Me too. I bet there's a lot more stuff between Napoleon and Ophelia in that. Did you see what Baz Luhrmann did with his film, Australia? What did he do? Oh, he did a miniseries release, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I saw a trailer 
I saw clips on Hulu's TikTok, and I was like, why are they advertising Australia? They must have just <laughs> added it to their release slate. Welcome to Australia. I was like, they must have added it, um, and they're promoting it. But then I saw a bus stop billboard that said, Far Away Downs, with, it was, and it was the poster of Australia when Nicole Kidman and Hugh Jackman 12 years ago. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Then, <laughs> I was like, did they change the name and make it a TV series? And they did. So uh, they must have shot, I think they shot like five and a half hours of an assembly. Yeah. And then he turned it into three episodes. I like that. It's called cool. Far Away Downs. Like Tarantino did with The Hateful Eight with the four episode series on Netflix. So I'm all for it. Hugh Jackman's a golden god in that movie, not going to lie. <laughs> Welcome to Australia. I was waiting for it. It's going to come out. <laughs> I was waiting for the male objectification. Well, <laughs> it was a transition. So we're moving into Deadpool 3, which he's obviously in. You see what I did there? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And of course, there are other ways you could have said it. The movie's back in production, back on filming, and there are some leaks getting out there. You know, these people. With these I don't want to see leaks. Telephoto lenses taking photos from quite a far away of outdoor production filming because, you know, they're filming on location a lot. And I don't want to spoil what this shot is, but there's a spoiler of a character's death. Okay. I'm not going to watch it. It's being spread it. all over the internet. It got spread all over the internet like wildfire last week. Now Ryan Reynolds, in Ryan Reynolds fashion, is teasing it by sharing more set photos of leaked things. So he shared a photo of a set photo with Predator, obviously edited in there. <laughs> There's one of Steve Urkel's photoshopped in there. <laughs> but they're poor photoshopped, so he's just playing and poking fun at it. But then uh -huh. he posted, you know, a really like heartwarming story of like you know, we put a lot of work into these movies, and of course everyone's excited about it, but, you know, the, one of the best parts of movie magic is keeping it a secret until the movie comes out. So he's just basically asking people to stop sharing the leaks. That's going to work. It's not going to work at all. <laughs> but the, it's, it's hysterical. It's like Predator's on set with them talking. Like, like I can't look at Reynolds this. Reynolds is like drinking a cup of coffee and like Predator's there. It's, it's super funny. <laughs> Predator's not in the movie. It's just a bad Photoshop. I just, I, I don't want to see any spoilers. Like the, the first images, the first set photos already spoiled like plenty. Plenty. And I was like, I don't want to see. Like they spoiled the Wolverine yellow costume. Yeah. Like I don't want to see any of this. Like I don't understand why people just like can't wait. <laughs> There's Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse is in one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's talking to Predator. Yeah, that's amazing. It's like they're just waiting for the shot to get set that's up, great. and they're on set just that's hanging. <laughs> oh my god! I just I have no interest in it. I have no interest whatsoever. I just want to wait until the film comes out because the set photos of that beach sequence already spoiled that interaction between Deadpool and Wolverine, and I was like, that's already ruined that scene for me, knowing yeah. that that's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't understand why people just can't wait. Until the film comes out. Like, they just need to see it, I guess. I guess so, man. Let's move on to some more news. So, we got a new trailer for Amazon's remake of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. This cast is stacked. It stars Donald Glover and Maya Erskine, plus Paul Dano, John Turturro, and Michaela Cole. The trailer, I mean... I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm just I'm so sick of remakes, man. I'm it just doesn't feel anything like the original movie, which obviously that was like twelve years ago. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel like what Angie and Brad bought, brought to the roles into the story. And it just seems like generic action show. So I really like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Me too. It's I a thought good it was movie. I think it's a really I mean it's we not, should do an episode yeah, on it. It's not a great, great movie, but it's really fun. It's funny, sexy, sexy, and it's got really fun action. It's got a lot of charm to it. It's got it's got a lot of charisma to it. And this trailer, it looks like it's more of like a serious action series rather than the comedic, charming movie of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, well, as serious as Amazon goes, yeah, yeah. But I just didn't feel like it. It didn't seem very fun. 
and I, the tone looked just much different from the film. Uh, maybe it's going to be funnier if from actual episodes, but I just didn't feel that same charm and charisma and a, a fun quality that Mr. and Mrs. Smith has. Because that movie, it's just it's just a good time, honestly. It's really entertaining, and the actor's chemistry is obviously very real in that movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's not so much, I mean... I don't mind that this movie isn't sexy or suave. It's a show, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, the show isn't sexy or suave. But it doesn't seem to have that same kind of humor and charm that the film had. It yeah, must. Maybe, it, yeah. I bet it's, it might be good, yeah. or they're just throwing fat bags around. Here's a fat bag Amazon, for you. Amazon, man. Here's a fat bag for you. Here's a fat bag for you. <laughs> generational wealth, generational wealth. All right, let's move on to some first reactions from upcoming films. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Early reactions from Timothy Chalamet's upcoming Wonka musical is getting great reviews, raves about his performance and singing, the dance numbers, the music is great. I'm looking forward to it. I saw a couple great uh, press interviews with him and what's his name? Uh, Hugh Grant and Hugh Grant just being fucking hilarious, self-deprecating Brit. Hugh Grant is my spirit animal. He's so, He's so, so, so funny. There's an interviewer where they're like, so what was it like to like, why did you choose an Oompa Loompa? Like you've done such a, so many great roles. You've had an incredible career. Like why is like the now, now the time to do, to play an Oompa Loompa? And he was like, that's just what Hollywood's offering me these days. <laughs> <laughs> I play weirdos and Oompa Loompas. <laughs> <laughs> and Chalamet's just dying next to him. <laughs> He's like, that's He's, all I get. He's gotta be one of the funniest people. Like when it comes to interviews, red carpets and stuff He's like really that, funny, he yeah. is just so witty and sharp and quick with and he doesn't humor. give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I love his he's humor. He's very man. funny. Like at the Oscars, he's like, the, the <laughs> oh, yeah, face yeah. He's, he's presenting with another an actress who's around his age, but she looks terrific for her age. He's like, this is also uh, a public service announcement for daily face cream moisturizer, <laughs> where we have a beautiful person right here and me a little scrotum. <laughs> he, he said, that, "I'm like, it's the Oscars. Yeah, this is great. It's amazing. It's, it's the only fun part of the Academy Awards. He's, it year. was a good joke because he saw like the the British self jabs." You know, I love that it's shit. Good stuff. But That's also, great. on the same day, December 15th, Wonka's getting released, and so is in Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, which will be on Netflix. And now Rebel Moon is getting very mediocre in mixed reviews. Some say it's epic. Some say it's quite a dud. So this is a review from Games Radar. Molly Edwards, who wrote, Okay, Rebel Moon is quite simply epic. Massive scale, beautiful visuals, of course. Awesome action, some really fascinating mythology. There's lots of exciting setup for what's to come, but... It's still very satisfying as its own movie, Jimmy Has Stolen My Heart. I don't know who Jimmy is, but I'm sure we'll find out when we see the movie. She's talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jimmy guy. Stole my heart. <laughs> Comic book movies Marcassity, however, said, I wish I could say that I loved or even liked Rebel Moon, but after a promising first act, it launches itself off a cliff. Zack Snyder is more concerned with cool action scenes than establishing and ensuring we're invested in his characters. All right, we'll see. And also, our friend Seth gave it two stars on yeah, Letterboxd. It's a, it's a typical Zack Snyder reaction, though, I feel like. You know, he's a divisive filmmaker. You either like his movies or don't. So I'm still holding out until I see I, Yeah, it. I mean, I love Zack, but I don't like Batman vs. Superman 
in <gasps> but I love 300 director's cut bro I love 300 I'm, Justice I just, League was sick too just no Justice League was great Justice that might League be his best really movie great. yeah I don't know I think 300 was really just special Man, 300 too. changed the game in it a did. lot of ways <laughs> it did. it's fucking it's crazy but um yeah we'll see I'm gonna watch it for sure but this is not a good sign because even like the good reviews seem to be like you know how sometimes people were like it's like kind of patronizing reviews, like a patronizing good review. Yeah. It was great. It was really good. They did a good job. However, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I really think. Good, but seen better. Yeah. <laughs> we get a lot of that these days, the patronizing good reviews. Let's move on to some other news. So The Bike Riders, the film that we were all really excited to see this year, was supposed to come out on December 1st, but obviously got pushed to 2024. <laughs> when the strikes happened and there was no release date set. We could have seen it already. Yeah, no. <laughs> Damn it. There's no release date set until the other day. So The Bike Riders... Which is 20th century. The studios. bike riders. The, the bike riders. The bike riders. I'm a bike rider. Mom, I have a bike. I, I ride, ride my, my bike. Ass. <laughs> the bike riders finally gets a release date in June 2024. It was, sorry, it was also dropped by Disney um, two months ago. And so a new studio picked it up for release. For distribution? For distribution, yeah. Why did they drop it? I don't know. Weird. Anyway, so it's coming out in June 2024. That's a good real estate. Yeah, that means they might think it, they must summer. think it's good. Summer, baby. I mean, to either to go from summer, summer, summer time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, J Lo, is that J Lo? Is it? Is it? I don't know. It feels <laughs> like J Lo, like 2002 J Lo. It's just one of those old melodies from the early 2000s <laughs> that will never leave my brain because it's always on the radio. It was um so to go from December and then to to his middle of summer that means it's a good movie yeah if those are like options for releasing it if it was being released in February then you know it's a dud but it's being released in June so that means they think it can be very good performer Scott Cooper this is gonna be lit it's not Scott Cooper it's, it's Jeff Nichols Jeff you Nichols. fucking idiot it's gonna be lit what what's wrong with you sorry put some <laughs> respect on Jeff's name sorry Jeff <laughs> Jeff unsubscribed <laughs> Let's move on to some news We have a reunion of two A-listers Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper Are reuniting for the first time since American Hustle Which came out 10 years ago Holy crap This is amazing uh, They're playing characters in an adaptation of Best of Enemies Which tells the story of an American spy during the Cold War Jack Platt And a Soviet spy Gennady Veselenko Gennady Veselenko. Gennady Veselenko. Veselenko. Who became improbable friends, just like us. <laughs> no, we saw it happening. After each is tasked with convincing the other to betray his own country, the tale, which is based on real people and events, includes a variety of major events and discoveries of the Cold War covering happenings in the 1970s through to the 2010. Pretty cool. Wow. Sounds like... Sign me up, man. The man Sign from Uncle. Do you see Bradley Cooper slinging cheesesteaks? Where? So he was uh, working a, a cheesesteak food truck in Philly. <laughs> and all the proceeds... I think he must have just paid for the truck for the day. Because yeah. all the proceeds were going to charity. And he was like chopping... He was, do, he was the one chopping the steak inside the food truck. That's so cool. And people were freaking out. Like the light got around the block. He's Everybody's a, like, he's yeah. a hero there, man. Yeah. He's, he's big in Philly. He's huge in he's, Philly. I saw an interview where he said... He was asked, would you rather win an Academy Award for Maestro or the Eagles win the Super Bowl? He's like, the Eagles win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Big sports guy. I mean, they just won. It's fine. They eh, it was like five years ago. 
Moving on. Fuck, they beat us. <laughs> Don't have to bring That's it up again. One. Some more news. We have a new film and casting alert. So two for the money is going to star Daniel Craig and Charlie Theron. Oh, my God. With Justin Lin set to direct. Nice. The heist thriller follows the relationship between two career thieves over the course of three big jobs. Justin Lin's awesome. He did a bunch of the Fast and Furious films. He's a very good action director. Yeah, should be cool. Yeah, sounds fucking great. Sign me up. Daniel Craig and Charlize together? It's pretty hot. Damn. Pretty hot. Damn. We just got a new trailer. We actually just saw it when we were in theaters a couple days ago. The ISS. This is about the International Space Station, which is populated by Americans and Soviets in the, in Russians, not Soviets, sorry, <laughs> Russians. Sorry, I was, I was still in cold, cold war mode. <laughs> Americans and Russians in this, obviously there are other nationalities of astronauts on it um, now, but in this film, half of them are Americans, half of them are Russians. And then on Earth below, there is a world war going on. Nukes are set off and there's destruction and mayhem across the entire globe. And so what happens is the leadership from Russia and the leadership from America both communicate with their own personnel on the ISS, asking them to take over, ordering them to take over the space station. And so then these astronauts are pitted against each other and they have to fight for control of the International Space Station. It looked pretty, it looked all right. It's it a unique good. idea. Yeah. I like the idea a lot. It's a great concept. Yeah. So I'm curious to see this trailer. I'm not sold on it completely from the trailer, but I'm curious. I love space movies. And again, uh, a unique take yeah. on space. I'm always for it. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. Let's yeah. do it. We got another trailer that I'm just, I'm not sure about this one. Godzilla X-Kong, The New Empire. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched the trailer. And... It's just like, what are they doing these days? Like, what the fuck is this? I'm sorry. I, that was my reaction. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't know, man. It's, it looks all right. Because we just right. saw Godzilla Minus One, which was epic. Yeah, epic. It was. And that was the worst thing that could have happened for Warner Brothers with this movie because I have no desire to see this movie, Godzilla Times Kong, The New Empire. Times Kong <laughs> <laughs> equals The New Empire. For me, it looked, it looks all right. But I just, I didn't, I haven't liked any of the adaptations of the new ones, uh, whether it be Gareth Edwards, Godzilla, and then the last two King Kong movies. I'm just, I didn't really love them, so I'm not really that excited to see the new one in the franchise. The CGI looks, okay. it looks fine. Yeah. The green screen, though. There are some green screen shots that look like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania bad. It looks like they're cutting corners. I don't know. I am glad, though, that our guy, Dan Stevens, is getting some work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Love Dan. But I, I don't know how I like how I feel about this trailer. And I, Actually, I do know how I feel about it. I'm not going to see it. I don't think I'm going to see it. <laughs> I just, like, after seeing Godzilla Minus One, this is just going to dilute my feeling of Godzilla. And, I don't know, Godzilla and Kong running together like, like a buddy cop movie. But fans uh, are freaking out about it. Eh, fans of the monsters. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or were, there, were, were on YouTube? Yeah. I'm sure those were James is like they're bots. Yeah, those are bo those are like bots. Those bots to me. I, I ran through those comments. Actually, you know what? I saw I saw like 20 comments saying they got chills. Bro, I I went I saw the trailer on YouTube and I went through the comments out of curiosity. I couldn't find any comments that didn't seem like bots to me. Hmm. Damn. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I still don't understand like don't. this underworld world where there's a sky under the Earth's crust. Do you understand how the Earth works? I don't know. Yeah, I just, I'm, I mean, I don't think that works either. It doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't How is there an atmosphere and a sky and a sun? Because, why fuck, is the sky blue? Because there is, man. Why is the sky blue? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Why is the sky blue under the earth? It doesn't make any because, sense. Because, bro. <laughs> because. Moving on. <laughs> Minecraft. The game that it sold 300 million copies. Oh, my God. What? And it has 140 million active users. Holy shit. It's getting an adaptation, obviously. A film adaptation starring Jason Momoa. Now, the filming will begin at the end of the month. And expect a 2024 release, probably, I think. Damn. That's going to be huge. So there's imagine if Momo is just like a block person. <laughs> He's just a block square uh, is, person. Is it gonna be live action? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Curious how they're gonna do it. I'm very curious. Me too, man. Alright, there's a upcoming action comedy up for sale with a huge bidding war between the studios. Now huge bidding war. The bidding war is huge because it's got two of the hottest actors in Hollywood. Ryan Reynolds and Channing Tatum are gonna be starring in this film. And right now, Warner Brothers, Amazon, and Netflix are all firing in their shots for bids. The story, according to The Hollywood Reporter, concerns a down-on-his-luck former L.A. detective-turned-private investigator who, after being shaken down by a vicious crime lord, must track down his estranged brother, who is responsible for interfering with a diamond heist. It sounds like a lot of fun, playing brothers. Two funny guys. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, sum me up. Good-looking movie. What are, what's wrong with Channing? Channing's funny. Uh-huh. I love you just, him. You, you said only Ryan Reynolds Chan- signed me up. <laughs> what about Channing? Dude, I love me some Channing Tayyum. Channing Tayyum. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I love this at the end so much. All right, what's this Netflix thing, Anthony? So one of Netflix's biggest and most divisive movies, Don't Look Up, is at the center of a new lawsuit. So per a report from the rep, Louisiana-based author William Collier has filed a lawsuit with the L.A. Superior Court against Netflix, McKay, and McKay's production company named as the defendants. Details of the suit allege that Don't Look Up took its premise and plot from Collier's self-published novel, Stanley's Comet. Collier also alleges that before publishing his book, he sent a copy of the manuscript to an executive assistant at Jimmy Miller Entertainment, a company run by Adam McKay's former manager and co-producer Jimmy Miller. Both McKay and Netflix have yet to comment on the matter. Whoa. That sounds pretty wild. Whoa. That is controversial. <clears throat> Why not just buy the rights to the book? If that's, if he, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no, we haven't yeah. learned the really, what really happened We'll see yet. what happens, yeah. But, man, if that's truly what happened, that's freaking messed up. It's scathing. It's scathing. It's scathing. Then I'm Team Will Ferrell all day. All right, the last bit of news is... Back. Team Will Ferrell all day. Back to, yeah. <laughs> Back to Black. So Amy Winehouse, the biopic, is set to release on April 2024. And we got our first look at Marissa Abella, who's taking on the daunting task of playing Amy Winehouse herself. And Nowhere Boy director Sam Taylor Johnson is in the director's chair. All right, cool. Interesting. I think a so, lot of people will be excited about that. Yeah. Uh, huge fans all over the world for Amy Winehouse and the, doc- the biopic. Back to Black will release in April. That wraps up movie news this week, everybody. Like Thank you so much for tuning in. Episodes coming out this week we have on Monday. We're doing an episode on American Pie tomorrow. Don't miss it. Do your homework. It's raunchy. We haven't seen it in like 20 years. We watched it. <laughs> still holds up. Still hilarious. Still offensive, but hilarious. But we talk about all the things that have not aged well as well. And then on Wednesday, we're doing Godzilla Minus One. If you haven't seen it yet, we can't recommend it enough seeing it in a theater. It was an awesome experience. Jaw on the floor multiple times. Insane visual effects for a budget under $15 million. Not sure how they pulled it off, but goodness, it's the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. Godzilla. And besides that, you know, the usual stuff. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. You get access to the ad-free version of the show. Oh, yeah. And here of $5, and you can link your Spotify and listen there as well. 
Plus, leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And again, share us with your family and friends. It's the best way for a podcast to grow word of mouth. It's essential. So tell everyone about the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.